take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Season 1, Chapter 8. Today with me is a very special guest. I've known him for years by watching his YouTube clip. He's an awesome guy and he has touched the hearts of millions of people around the world, not just balloon artists. And this is none other than... Mike Floyd, the owner of Balloon Animals YouTube channel and BalloonAnimals.com online shop for digital downloads of instructional material for balloon artists. So here is Mike Floyd. Hello, Balloon Artists Podcast Nation. Welcome to Season 1, Chapter 8. And today we have a very veteran guests from the balloon world. We all know him. He started a YouTube channel in 2006 and uh, shared uh, YouTube clips that teach you how to make original designs of balloon sculptures. And uh, his channel have grown to 88,000, almost 89,000 subscribers and 21 million views that's so awesome. And he also runs a digital shop, a digital download shop, which we all know, which is balloonanimals.com, balloon-animals.com. And uh, he also runs a twisting and entertainment business. I am so happy to welcome Mike Floyd. Hello, Mike. Hi, how are you doing? I am awesome. Uh, wow, I have to congratulate you first uh, for being so persistent and giving everyone inspiration of doing original work. So well done, my friend. Well, I do what I can. <laughs> uh, so today uh, I want to talk with you about a few things of how you run your business or businesses, because you are quite unique in the way that you run things. And we had, I had the pleasure of talking with you about some ideas and I really liked a few of your ideas. So basically our theme of the show this season is how to make money with balloons. And you have a few business ideas, like the way you approach things is uh, quite refreshing. So we'll start first with your twisting business. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what do you do to, to earn a living in this business? Well, I, I mainly twist balloons at restaurants. Um, I don't do much party work, but I also do a little bit of the culture conventions like comic conventions and cartoon conventions and stuff like that. But I try to keep uh, a couple of local restaurants near my house that I do the balloons for. And what I like to do is I like to encourage people to come back and visit me regularly. So I was always trying to find something that will get people to come back, not for the food necessarily, but for me. And every so often the restaurant would decide they don't want me there anymore. So I'd have to find a new restaurant. And it was a pain to start this process of people finding me over and over and over again. I came up with this idea to start like a fan club. That way, if they give me their contact information, something as simple as like an email address, then when I move from one restaurant to another, I can send a notification that says, hey, I'm no longer at, you know, like Joe's Crab Shack. Now this time I'm going to be at El Torito or whatever the restaurant's names are. 
And this way I can keep my, uh, my club following me from place to place. And I can also encourage them to come and visit me regularly by showing off a little bit of what I've, what design I have this week or uh, what challenges I'm taking this week. So how would you collect the people's details and make them join your club, basically? Well, I can give them a card, and then that has my phone number, my email address, my website, which they can go on to and sign up from. Or I have a form usually with me, and they can just write it down if that's what they want. I have also done some promotions with the restaurants uh, in the past where if they have, like, a kid's night or, you know, like a Cinco de Mayo party, and then they're going to be throwing some kind of a uh, an event, I'll have people sign up for the, the restaurant's event but I'll use my process to do it. So that way when the restaurant wants to send out some kind of email marketing, I assist them with it for an upsell price. But then I'm also collecting all of their patrons' email addresses also. That way we can let them know that I'm going to be there on these other dates too. Can you tell us how many people did you collect to this club? Um, I'm, right now I'm at about 2,000 or 3,000. That's a lot of people. That yeah, agree. it's only local. Yeah, especially considering it's only local. I live in Southern California In the San Fernando Valley, which is a big valley, and there's a lot of people here, but everything's usually about like half an hour away. So when you're taking your family out to eat, you have a lot of options, especially if you're willing to drive like half an hour. And again, I guess those people, you tell them about your YouTube channel, you tell them when someone comes out, you can even tell them about the Blam Balloons t-shirts that you yeah. sell. Yeah, I actually wear those t-shirts not only when I do my uh, YouTube channel shows. or my videos, but also when I go out to the restaurants. It's sort of like my uniform now. <laughs> awesome. We'll put a link uh, in the show notes on, on balloonartistpodcast.com. For Chapter 8, we'll put the link to the T-shirts as well because they are actually very pretty. I like them. Well, a friend of mine designed me that upon request. I, showed, I told her what I wanted, and she designed it for me exactly how I envisioned it, which was great. Cool. So the first tip to you guys listening now is, it's it, it just so deep. Look, it's not just collecting the emails, which uh, Mike did beautifully, and uh, so many people, real people that like him, were willing to communicate with him, and 3,000 is a huge amount of people. It, it's even more than that. It's, it's a concept, which is to own your own club. Uh, Mike, can you... Can you explain about what do you see the benefits of owning this club? What does it make of you and what does it make of your relationship with your customers? Well, primarily, first and foremost, is it creates a community, a sense of people that all like the same thing and see value in it, which is great. And then I get to become the leader of that community and let people know when the thing that they like, something is going on. So, for example, if there is even another entertainer who does balloon twisting, who's going to be performing at another venue, and I want to support them, I can let my community know or my club know that, hey, this person's going to be performing a, you know, like a balloon show at this library. In your community, go and check them out. That way, the, uh, people around me will also be supported also. Uh, but the main benefit that I find from it is that it allows me to have a direct way of communicating with the people who like what I do and want to support me but might not necessarily know where I am or how to support me. That way if I tell them, hey, I'm going to be doing you know, the balloons at, at this comic book convention in Los Angeles, come down and check me out and get something really amazing, then chances are they'll come down to see me 
because they like what I do, they like who I am, and are interested in it. And so instead of you know just sending out like a a piece of mail that they don't know who I am, or you know maybe they saw me one time but they don't really care. These are people who have specifically said yes. I want to keep track of what you're doing because I like it. On the technical level, do you keep it in what in like an Excel file or something like that? Yeah, just an Excel file is pretty much all you need nowadays. Uh, you don't even need even need Excel anymore. Google has their own spreadsheets, which are always accessible as long as you have the internet. And then if it's something as simple as them writing it down on a piece of paper, I mean, it's a pain in the butt later to go and type it all up later on. But a small price to pay to have access to that person then from that point forward. And finding new restaurants, I found it to be helpful because then if I'm going and I'm trying to get a restaurant to hire me to come in and twist balloon animals for them, I could tell them, listen, you have a kid's night. You can create a balloon night and I can let people know that like every Thursday at this time, I'm going to be there from five until nine. And if it, and you know, you, you can pay me if we reach a certain like a uh, threshold. Like if two hundred people show up, then you know, then you pay me this much. If four hundred people show up, then you can pay me that much. And it works a little bit different than you would normally think because it's more based off of like a concert promotion than it is uh, like a restaurant. How most people would think about it, which a lot of times allows them to open up their wallets a little bit more because instead of thinking of it as entertainment, they're thinking of it as marketing. <laughs> You know what? This is so smart because it's like it doesn't cost you like collecting those emails doesn't uh, cost you money. You just uh, work a little bit harder, but uh, not that much harder. And it creates a new benefit for your service. It, you are actually bringing more value for your customers, which which are uh, also the restaurants. So it's a win-win-win situation where the people that are coming to the restaurant, the restaurant and owner and you, all of you guys are making more profit and enjoying getting more value because you've decided to work smarter. Such a small change of just understanding the concept of a club and collecting those emails. Like, uh, I'm doing this for three years uh, with my birthday clients, keeping all their information and getting the spreadsheet bigger and bigger. And nowadays, I'm using it for creating a lookalike audience on Facebook promotion. And this helps me because I already can now uh, have enough people in my list. So, But the way you do it with the direct mail is uh, very, very smart, and especially when you get to this amount of people. So cool. And you can do text messages, too, if they want to give you your phone number. A lot of people are always on their phone nowadays, so sending them out a text message. I've worked out a couple of trials with restaurants where if they have a slow night and they have nothing going on, for a fee, I will show up and send out a text message to my club. Hey, I'm going to be here in 20 minutes, you know, and this restaurant has given me a coupon for 30% off dinner. Come have dinner with me and get a balloon for, like, the next, you know, two hours and then I charge the restaurant a fee to send out that promotion that way if they have a dead night they can turn it into a midnight really easy with a call to me wow that's, that's awesome and by the way do you get uh, tips from uh, people that you make balloons for <laughs> some people still tip me it depends on the restaurants some restaurants want you to accept tips other restaurants don't want you to accept tips Like I assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, that also when you encounter someone that saw you a few times and love what you do, they will be probably more, in, more inclined to tip. Is that right? Well, I, uh, 
when I first started doing balloon animals, I worked for tips only at restaurants. So I've gotten pretty good at figuring out how to get the <laughs> tips out of people. <laughs> Everybody has, you know, something that will make them tip a little bit more. And I've just tried always, although now that I'm trying to switch away from, you know, working off of tips, I try not to worry so much about the tips because, you know, a bad yeah. night of tips can put you in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but uh, just out of curiosity, can you t- give us a, a tip about tips? Oh, okay. Um, people like to feel good. So if you can make the person feel good, they'll give you a better tip. And it seems sort of silly, but something as simple as uh, finding a genuine compliment to give somebody will increase the amount of money that they'll tip you. So, you know, don't be, don't be uh, fake about it. Don't say, hey, I like your glasses if you don't like their glasses. But yeah. everybody, there's something about them that you can find to give them a compliment out. You know, maybe they're wearing a T-shirt you like or, or maybe they ordered something on the menu that you order and that you enjoy. Or, you know, maybe the fact that they're just out with their kids and be like, man, I wish my dad had taken me out to a place like this. You're a really cool dad, you know. Yeah. Just something that you can compliment them on because when people feel good, they want to make the person who's making them feel good feel good. And then by extension, they'll tip you a little bit better. Cool. Do you have a situation where someone know you can make huge stuff or more complicated stuff and then they will ask for the more complicated stuff as well? Yeah, with my YouTube channel, people are, uh, I have a pretty high presence, especially with the complicated things. So sometimes someone will show up and be like, I want the really complicated R2-D2 that you made on your channel, which is like, you know, three feet tall. <laughs> I'm like, be like, I'd love to, but that took me like two hours to make and I don't have the power of editing here in real life. So why don't I make you... <laughs> an RTD2 that I can make in five minutes. Or if you want, I can show you something that I've never shown anybody before on my YouTube channel. And then I'll show them, you know, a trick or something that you know, doesn't really play well on the internet, but plays really well in real life, which is something could be something as simple as trying to make like a, 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 a balloon dog behind my back with my eyes closed or something, <laughs> which, which doesn't seem very impressive from a balloon twisting standpoint, but from an audience perspective is like oh, pretty yeah. amazing. Because yeah. they're like, how can he do that with his eyes closed? <laughs> wow, that's clever. I love yeah. it. Or you can ask him, like, yeah, you can have that. Or I can make you a surprise. And then you can be silly about it and, you know, you go left when they think you're going to go right. Like, you make him a balloon dog. And then they're like, what's so surprising about a balloon dog? I'm like, well, see, the mom and the dad were both cats. <laughs> and you just try to play with them that way. You know, you fill out each audience for their own stuff, but you can usually play with them a little bit more in real life people are a lot more forgiving than they are on the internet cool yeah yeah i know what you mean <laughs> i know what you mean so um so 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 i really need to ask you about your um uh, how you come up with ideas for your youtube channel because it's it looks like it's a never-ending well you can keep pouring water out of it so you you always come up with new fresh designs How do you do it? Uh, well, um, they're not always fresh, but f- I try to keep them fresh as much as possible. Um, the, first I d- the first step is obviously get the idea of what I'm going to make. And I am really lucky because the community on my YouTube channel tells me what they need to make. So I, I read the comments from my, my channel and people say, you know, I want you to make a Spider-Man or I want you to make Hello Kitty or I want you to make, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants or whatever. whatever the characters that they want. So that, that gives me my starting point of, 
of what people want. And even when I wasn't doing the YouTube channel at the restaurants, people would always ask me for stuff I had never heard of. Because, like, the first time I'd ever heard of, you know, like, My Little Ponies or Power Rangers or Pokemon or even SpongeBob was at a restaurant when a kid told me about it before I'd ever seen even an image of the character. So your audience is always your first go-to for inspiration because they're telling you already what they want to see. The second step is the hardest one, and that's coming up with the design of the thing. Um, fortunately, with balloons, you know, there's only, like, ten different twists you can make, so... It's just trying to figure out which twist and in what order. And, you know, like, so a lot of it is saying, oh, uh, this part here of the character sort of looks like the dinosaur I make. And this other part looks like an owl I make. And you just sort of try to mix and match things together as best as you can. Um, and then it's just trial and error. I mean, sometimes for the YouTube channel, I try to make it all the way through without pre-designing it. But in the past, when I need to come up with the design, I might try, you know, like... 20 different variations on the same character and then pick the parts I like best out of each variation and then see if I can't bring them all into one. That way I get the best of all the options because coming up with one good idea right out of the bat is really hard, but also coming up with like 20 bad ideas, one right after another is just as hard. So if you try 20 times right in a row, it's going to be really difficult for you to have all bad ideas, which means you're, you're guaranteed to have at least one good idea to build off of. You see, th that's the kind of persistence I was talking about. So just by forcing yourself to create 20 bad designs, 20 bad ideas, just to play with it, eventually it will be almost impossible to have all of them bad. One of them will have something ingenious in it, which is useful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really weird thing. It's a, I'm a big fan of math and statistics and just how amazing numbers can be. And I remember one time in like, uh, was it like a math class? They gave us like 20 different seasonings in math class and they told us to mix them together just randomly and have 20 different combinations of like three seasonings. And, and you'd be, I mean, like you'd be surprised when you mix something that you thought would never go together and then suddenly it tastes, you know, pretty good, but it's not quite there yet. But it gives you a basis to realize, hey, there's something here for me to pursue and so sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to have a good idea because we're so afraid of failing even in private but it's okay to fail because we learn from failure and if you fail 20 times but those 20 failures lead you to one success then that's a really good ratio to keep going on and i think it's funny how people are so afraid to try because they're afraid to fail even though that failure is, you know, the next rung on the ladder to success. Awesome. Very inspiring. And uh, why do you think it's so important to use original work on your YouTube channel and uh, in general? Um, well, if you're copying what other people are doing or you're just doing designs that you already know, you're not really any kind of failure so you're pretty much staying where you are on that ladder so to speak you know you're comfortable but you're not moving anywhere uh and it's a little scary to like take a step and not know if that rung is going to hold you or not but that's the only way to keep going up so i mean i always try to use original designs and stuff i definitely borrow a lot of inspiration from people so like if i see someone else makes something i'm like that is excellent i love that design how can i change it to make it my own though because i don't want to just be the person who uses other people's designs and has to wait for the next design to come out for me to grow. I want to be the one that comes up with the design. That way I can help other people grow. 
for example, on Facebook, there was uh, somebody who came out with this horse hat, and it was all built out of 260s. It was really simple, but there was an elegance to it that I really liked. And I, I thought it would be great for lines and restaurants and stuff like that. And it's definitely the hat I go to now for horse hats, but I'm going to not just keep there. I'm going to keep pushing it forward. So now I'm going to think, well, how else can I use the ideas from this design to make other things? So maybe I'll use the same kind of principles that this person had had come into for his horse hat, and I'll use it maybe if I'm making like a dragon hat or maybe a whole dragon for like a large sculpture because then I can just take what someone else has already done and build onto it to make it original and to make it my own. Cool. Yeah, like one of the things I always do when I purchase a PDF, the first thing I do is, or, or, or even a, like a digital download, uh, I first try to see if I can upscale it to 350 or 646 or, or, or downscale it to 160. And it's always fun because uh, the proportions are different. Like the, the, it looks like a baby or like a monster of the same design, and it it just uh, feels already a little bit different, a little bit more uh, original, and it's just an exercise, but it makes makes me feel better that I tried, you know, that I'm pushing myself. No, yeah, absolutely. Even if you're getting a DVD of someone else's work, that they're teaching you the recipes on how to make their designs, you can say, okay, well, I always like to scrutinize like each individual's. Like, why did they do this here? Why not do, and then, like, like think of, try to think of a couple of other ways they could have accomplished the same thing. Like, if they're making a shoe, why do a flower petal? Why not do, like, a sausage fold? Or why do, why not try to do, like, something else? And try to see, like, because maybe they haven't taken it all the way that it can go. Maybe they, they got to a point they were happy with it, but there might still be room for it to grow more. Absolutely. Like uh, one time I, I, I saw a DVD by uh, Asi Cohen from Israel, and he has a DVD about hats from 350 and the design of, uh, of a duck. And I was like halfway through, didn't put the beak yet and said, hmm, if this was green, it looks like a bit like a turtle. So then I just came up with uh, a variation of the duck, which is different colors, different design, but... Uh, But, like, you need to play and, and find your, your variations and find your original touches that creates, basically, a new design. Now, yeah, the other thing is definitely don't be afraid to try new things. So often we like to discount <laughs> things that we're not comfortable with or that we haven't done. long time when I was doing restaurant twisting, when I started out, I'd only use 260s and that was it. <laughs> and... Uh, Like, I, I thought, well, you know, you don't need 160s and you don't need 350s and you definitely don't need hearts and rounds with 260s. Mm -hmm. And you can, but, you know, it does inhibit your growth. And then once I started, you know, branching out with different sizes, then I started branching out with different colors and different shapes. And then you, you get in your mind that you can only do certain things. And so I like to break down those barriers. Even at a restaurant, you might think, well, I can only spend five minutes at this table. Well, that's a barrier that you're placing on your own head. Maybe you can spend more than five minutes on the table, but there are other things that you'd have to do to be able to do that. So you never know like what the barriers might be. You just have to sort of like play with them. And sometimes they work great, and other times they fall apart horrendously, but it's all part of learning. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit, how do you manage to create your content like on such a regular basis? Do you have any tips about that? Uh, keeping a good schedule is first and foremost, because if you're able to say, well, I'll just do that tomorrow. When tomorrow comes, you'll say, oh, I'll just do that tomorrow again. 
And then before you know it, you know, months have gone by and you've done nothing. So what I like to do is I say, okay, well, I have to have the video up for like the Blue and Fell videos. It's every Wednesday I have to get a video up. And then what I'll do is I'll start thinking, okay, so that means I have one week to do this, which means by maybe Friday I need to have my idea, whatever my inspiration is, to make nailed down. So on Friday I already know what I'm going to make. And then I film it on Sunday. So that means by Sunday, I have to have had set aside the hour or two hours to film it. So if somebody says, oh, do you want to go out to see a movie? I have to be like, no, I got to do this thing. And I have to make sure it's a priority to make sure that I'm putting this above the other things that I don't need to be doing. Because otherwise, there will always be something coming up. (laughs) When you're procrastinating, everything comes up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then even if you don't want to do it, this is the hardest part, is lie to yourself. If you don't want to do it, we lie to ourselves all the time, you know. Uh, usually it's for bad things. It's like, oh, I can eat one piece of pie and then I'll go on a diet. Like that's like the lie we, everybody tells themselves. Yeah. Uh, but you can do it in the opposite too. You could say, well, I'll just work on this for five more minutes and then I'll stop. And then when the five minutes are up, you're like, well, then I'll work on it for five more minutes and then I'll stop. And you just keep pushing yourself. Uh, if you can't push yourself by an hour, you know, push yourself by five minutes. Push yourselves a little bit more. And – Eventually, what happens is the whole time you're doing it, you hate it. And by the time you're done, you love it. So you just have to like, like get a little bit of momentum into you so you can keep doing it. And the sad part is, is that no matter how long you keep doing it, like I've been doing the Blue and Fells for like two and a half years now. And every time I go to start, I still don't want to like sit down and spend a couple of hours playing with balloons in front of a camera necessarily. I might not be feeling in the mood for it. But 20 minutes into doing it, I'm having a great time. So I just have to get over that, you know, that first 20 minute, Michael, who is my obstacle. That's awesome. And uh, so you'll do this like once a week on Yeah, Sunday? I try to do them once a week. I, that's normally my film day. Cool. Sunday after I get home. Cool. And uh, you also have the balloonanimals.com uh, um, um, digital download store. Can you yes. tell us a little bit about it? Um, it's a, a store where people can buy instructional videos, um, but there's no shipping because nothing gets shipped. It's all digital, so it's all done through the power of the Internet. You get to <laughs> send your money through the Internet. You get to receive your video through the Internet. And thus we get to escape polluting more and, you know, spending gas to deliver boxes and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, I noticed you have a very impressive list of uh, balloon artists that uh, regularly make new content available on your shop. So do you get a lot of questions sometimes of people that say, hey, I want to uh, sell my digital downloads on your shop as well? Yeah, it's a... I get actually quite a few people who want to join the store as a content creator. That's a term I use. It's a little bit difficult because right now there's a lot of like legal stuff and business stuff. And so like you have to be really comfortable with a person to sort of open yourself up to kind of like business liability and just make sure they have accurate expectations and things. So the people that I have on there right now, I've known for a while and I've had a good relationship with. And I trust them, you know, not to sue me. <laughs> so that way, because even with like a good contract and a, and, and a signature on a piece of paper, you know, it only takes one bad interaction with somebody for them to become a huge nuisance to you. 
So you have to be really careful that way. So I'd love to open it up to more people, and I'm actually working towards that. But there's a lot of uh, legal stuff that slows it down. I got a good handle on the technology. It's the law that slows me down. Interesting. Uh, In the meantime, you do sell content from content creators such as Buster Balloon and Matt Falloon and Nifty Balloons and uh, and yourself. Really awesome content. Uh, I'm personally uh, buying it myself. So... um, Uh, we, we did talk in advance and you were willing to make an offer which is very generous for the Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, sure. Um, I have one video, which is a really simple idea that I wanted to sort of share with everybody. But what's interesting about this heart and an arrow is that it technically only has one twist in the whole balloon. So you're only ever twisting a balloon into another balloon one time. So it's a cool little idea. Uh, but I'm going to give that to you guys for free with the code BAPFREE. That's B-A-P-F-R-E-E. And then the other code I wanted to share with you guys is on my products, the, uh, the Michael Floyd, the MB Floyd, or the Blammo Balloon products. Um, I'll give you guys 50% off with the coupon code BAP50. So once again, it's BAP50 for 50% off Michael Floyd's videos. And uh, that's very generous of you. I'll put the links to the shop um, uh, on the balloonartistpodcast.com uh, show notes. And that's basically $2 off, so a free DVD, a free download uh, of the heart and arrow design uh, made by Michael Floyd. And also the Blamo Balloons Volume 1 Populars um, for 50% off which is a very generous offer, and that will be available for, what, two weeks? Sure. Cool. Two weeks will work. (laughs) Awesome. So uh, we'll put the dates as well. And look, guys, uh, even if you listen to the interview after the time of the discount, it's it, it just worth your money anyways. Those are high-quality content, and a very reasonable uh, investment in terms of uh, the amount of value you'll get. But uh, it was very generous of you to create that uh, discount code. So thank you in behalf of uh, the Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Oh, my pleasure. And if uh, you don't have any money, check out my YouTube channel. I have hundreds of free instructions that go up weekly. Well, not hundreds weekly, one weekly, but there are hundreds already there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, I encourage people to go and check up your balloon animals uh, uh, YouTube channel. Anyways, it, it just uh, it just mind blowing to see all those numbers of of uh, views and really high quality stuff. Like uh, love love so many of your designs. That, uh some of them are quite. Uh, workable for line work not too complicated and some of them are complicated and just nice to watch so yeah like uh, it, you can even jam with your YouTube channel just see some and do some so it's, it looks like a, a very fun uh, channel to watch so we'll put a link like where do you want people to go and learn more about you Mike we'll put all the links on the show notes so where do you want people to go well if they go to my main website balloon hyphen animals.com they'll see uh, a navigation bar that will take them to the store or to my youtube page all the stuff's right there on the home page awesome 
So yeah, uh, we'll put that as well. Uh, any any additional uh, things you want us to uh, mention? No, I think that's about everything. Cool. So thank you so much for your tips and for your time and for your generosity. We really love to see how you grow and how you keep inspiring people to grow as well. And I wish you best of luck uh, in the future as well. So thanks a lot, Mike. My pleasure. Wow, what an awesome interview. I really like the way that Mike shared his ideas. And you know what? If you take his ideas about restaurant work and combine it with Christopher Lyle's idea from chapter four of, of restaurant work, you can create in yourself a restaurant work ninja. A restaurant work ninja, balloon artist that can basically conquer the world. Uh, it's it just, their ideas just match and create a synergy. I really love them. So to point out three things that I take from Mike Floyd. The first one is the idea that you can't create 20 bad ideas. You just can't. Try it. Write down 20 bad ideas for anything and you will see it's a hard work. Eventually, one of the ideas is going to be pretty cool. So by trying to fail 20 times, you practice not being afraid of failure and just doing it. And eventually you'll find that one awesome idea. So the 20 bad ideas, that's the first takeaway. The second takeaway is about how Mike Floyd created a club for his fans, customers, prospects. And by doing that, he created a win-win-win situation where he's winning because he gets fees from restaurants and higher tips. And his restaurants' customers are winning because they are getting access to his tribe. And his tribes is uh, winning because they know where to get awesome balloons so it's a win-win-win situation and all it takes is that little effort of being uh, a little bit with chutzpah a little bit with uh, I don't know the brave uh, soul of asking someone for his details of asking someone for his email and by using a, a form printed already for that that can save you some of the effort you can also do it with a google form on your website and just browse from with a tiny url browse to that form that's actually a cool idea i think i'll do that so the the club idea and the concept of having an exclusive club that was an awesome tip by mike finally i liked the tip of how to get more tips I personally am very invested in the idea of engineering the way that you get tips. Uh, I work on that uh, when I'm doing a, a wedding uh, show, a wedding gig. Uh, I will make sure that the customer gets all kinds of inform pieces of information that will eventually cause him to want to give a tip to me. Uh, and uh, the way that uh, Mike suggests to do it, it's just a small tip of how to get more tips, and that is to compliment the, your customer, your prospect, your, uh, the person that receives the balloon, compliment it, but in a real way, that in an authentic way, and that's something will, which will increase your tips. 
So I hope you enjoyed the interview with Mike Floyd on uh, Season 1, Chapter 8. I would like to ask you to go to theballoonartistpodcast.com and see there on Season 1, Chapter 8, you will find information about Mike Floyd, but also the two coupons that he mentioned. The coupons are BAP free for his heart and arrow design. So you get that totally free instead of paying $2. It was very generous of him to offer that. And also BAP 50, which gives you 50% discount on, on, his, uh, on the rest of his uh, digital downloads that, that were made by Mike Floyd. One of their products costs, one, one of his products costs, uh, 35 US dollars, so the 50% discount is very fair and generous. And take into consideration that this offer is open only for one week. And this offer is open only for two weeks. So I hope you enjoyed that. And thank you for coming over to balloonartistpodcast.com. As always, you will find some goodies there waiting for you. And see you next time, guys. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Welcome to Season 1, Chapter 8, Tip Section. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Mike Floyd. And today, tip is not just a tip, it's also a request. And that is that you support... A balloon artist. One balloon artist support his art, support this art of all of us, and buy one piece of content from someone. It might be a PDF, like the ones that Patrick or Dylan Gelinas is selling. It might be a digital download, like the ones in the balloonanimals.com site. No matter where you do it, if you contribute to the art, if you support it with your pocket, with your, uh, not just to say that you love the art but you also act upon it and you buy one piece of content today you will see that this will not only help you grow as a business because you will have you will have uh, uh, a good piece of instructional content that will help you but it will also make you feel better that you're supporting the balloon art as a whole and when we are all supporting balloon artists and not just one person but supporting many many balloon artists that will help everyone grow eventually including you so i encourage you to buy one piece of content do it and you will be happy that you did and i am going to do the same and i'm purchasing the blamo um, dvd volume one with the coupon bap50 that mike was so generous to share so, until next time, see you guys. The Balloon Artist Podcast is brought to you by... Did it ever happen to you that someone asked for a yellow sword and you just didn't have any 260Q yellow? Well, it happened to me and I was so embarrassed of how unprofessional that is that I felt like I have to remember... I have to remember next time to buy that yellow 260s. For a long time, it happened to me that I just didn't have a good place to write down what is missing for me. That's where the idea for the balloon stock app was born. 
you can buy the balloon stock up for a very reasonable fee by looking for balloon stock on your mobile store, either on your iTunes or on your market. The balloon stock app supports a list of balloons that you choose their destiny. Maybe it's a list of your inventory. Maybe it's a list of what you want to buy. Maybe it's a list of balloons for a project. But the main thing is that this list is very easy to compile because of the auto search feature, because of the search by icon feature, because of the different filters. And after you compile that one list, it's so easy. You just press the cart icon and you can email the list either to yourself or to yourself and to your balloon provider according to your needs. Everything is super simple. I intend to put more features into the balloon stock app as soon as we have enough people on board. And I encourage you to try it out. The balloon stock app is available now. I hope you enjoy balloon stock app. And thank you for supporting it.